Well, this is Reverend Jay Glover. I'm here today to to talk about serving God through our service to humanity. And as usual, I'd like to invite you in to join this discussion. I don't intend it to be a preaching platform. So the the, the scripture reference that I want to use as a, uh, a launching pad is Matthew, the 25th chapter in the 40th verse. The text reads in this way. It says, the king will reply, truly I tell you that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So again, my topic today is serving God through our serving humanity. So let me just add a little context of how we get to this um, topic and uh, how Jesus ushered in this reordering of values. So during the first century ministry of Jesus, there was a a dominant narrative of greed, corruption, and military conquest that that caused an abundance of suffering for everyday people. The leaders, both religious and secular leaders that, that governed these jurisdictions ignored the needs of the poor, the sick, and the marginalized while they while they entertained their insatiable lust for wealth and power. Now that was over 2000 years ago. And still with all of our technological advances, we have not yet eradicated poverty, homelessness and hunger um, from our society. When when Jesus said you will always have the poor among you, he was certainly right. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said that, you know, we have the technology to feed, to eradicate hunger from, from, from our country, right? But our hearts are not in the right place. Um, so even today, our culture of acquisition and self-centeredness and the quest for wealth often leaves the poor and the suffering abandoned on the side of the road and left to die. But according to Jesus, abandoning the poor and the suffering would equate to abandoning Jesus himself. So Jesus steps in and ushers in a reordering of values and sets a standard for our ministry initiatives today. So um, I'm here today to, to say that Jesus is is still looking for his followers, the body of Christ. To to um, to serve him through our service to others in need, and this is this is a non-negotiable principle given to us through the words of Jesus. Now, a question for us as we're going through this story, this biblical narrative, a question for us is this: It's one that you have to answer for yourself. How can I? Why should I offer my gifts, privilege, talents, and resources to be used in service to others as a way of serving God? So now, let us attend to the word of the Lord for our inspiration and guidance. And and I'm going to read from the, the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, 31, 31st verse. And it is there that we find Jesus teaching about a a gathering and a separating, and it boils down to a judgment. 
And and um, it says this. It says, when, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. All right, now, so just picture this. Jesus is talking to people and to make his, he's teaching, and to make his point emphatically clear, he establishes a a point of um, identification with his audience by using a language and processes that they were very familiar with and they understood very well. First of all, Jesus reminds them that God is the one who separates. And there will be a separation and a prevailing of righteousness over evil. Now, as Hellenized Jews, they, well, let me back up for a second. If you don't know what I mean when I say Hellenized Jew, I mean to say that um, the Jewish culture, there was an attempt to eradicate the Jewish culture from the face of the earth by the Greeks. And the Jews became what we call a Hellenized Jew. They were highly influenced by Greek culture and, and um, education. And, and their, um, they, they, were, they were lured into a place of, of um, departure almost from their Jewish traditions. But they were very familiar with the Genesis creation story. In particular, where in the very beginning, God separates the the light from the darkness and he separated the water from dry ground. He separated the day from the night. He separated the heavens from the earth. So we saw in the creation process that God was a God who did some separating. And now Jesus is telling a story, returning to this idea of God being the one who separates But now in this portion of scripture, as Jesus is telling it, this separation that is going to happen is the separation of people. And to bring it home to his audience, to the listener, to make it understandable, Jesus uses this sheep and goats as an example. So Jesus teaching about this separation is the continuation of his discourse on the events of the end times. What we call, theologically, we call it the eschatology. As a matter of fact, the chapter that precedes our chapter that we are in, that would be chapter 24, um, is fully populated with um, eschatological discourse or end times theology. So I hope maybe somebody's learning something today. So Jesus escalates the importance of serving God through humanity by attaching it to this final judgment where righteousness prevails over evil. So through the lived experience of the people in his audience, they knew that sheep and goats were different. They ate differently, they act differently, and at times they needed to be separated. 
the end of the day, the herdsmen would separate the sheep from the goats because allowing them to mate often yielded tragic results. Their chromosome profile and their gene pool is very distinct, it's different. They were not created to, to bear offspring. And they rarely mate successfully. So the language of this text, again, the use of sheep and goats, is a very familiar language to the people of the day. I don't know much about sheep or goats. I do know that curried goat is different than grilled lamb with a Mediterranean salad and a pita bread. But at that time, Jesus was speaking again to an audience who had great familiarization with the vocation of shepherding sheep and goats. They understood the use of the language. So he starts out with this great reflection on a separation, which, which really boils down to righteousness prevailing over evil. So now, I asked the question, and this topic is, you know, serving God through our serving humanity. And I asked the question of, well, how and why should I offer my gifts, privilege, talents, and resources to be used in service to God, to, uh, to be used in service to others as a way of serving God? But before you rush to an answer, there's some things I, I would like you to consider before you come up with a, a, a knee-jerk reaction with an answer. Well, I want you to first consider your own life. Consider the blessings in your life. Consider your salvation experience. If you, if you identify as a Christian, consider your own salvation experience and what God has done in your life. Consider the fact that God is the source of your blessing. And that you are blessed by the Father. And, and the reason why I say that, because the story continues in verse 34. It reads like this. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father and take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. I think that we have to make a differentiation here. He said, come you who are blessed by my father. These are the ones on the right that we often associate with being the sheep. You who are blessed by my father. Now, it didn't say that those on his right were come those of you who have earned your way into heaven because of all the good things you have done. He didn't say that. He said those of you who are blessed by my father. And the point is this. He, God is the one who inspires you. God is the one who lifts you, who resurrects you, who saves you, and who gives you a heart to serve others in need. So this inspiration is a gift from God. It's not because of your own piety or holiness or, or you're earning your way into heaven. So we like to put it like this, that good works doesn't produce salvation, but salvation produces good works. God gives the gift. We accept it and, and are hopefully led to an appropriate response to his blessing. You know, you can remember when God saved you, if you identify as a Christian and how he stirred you in a way 
that led you to eventually accept his invitation. And I say eventually because I know for me personally, it was a, it was a long time before I decided to surrender my life to God. But just remember that he did it for you and he'll do it for someone else. He, and uh, think about the people. Consider the people that God placed in your life to to um, to reach you, and that who God used to bless you before you surrendered your life to God. Now I'm reminding you that this this is an open platform. We're talking about serving God through serving humanity. And if there's something that you would like to share, just please come on in and and let me hear you talk. So the second thing that I would like us to consider, the first thing was to consider God and all that he's done for your own life and and him being the the author of our salvation, him being the one who blesses us and inspires us. Then very important is for us to actually consider that Jesus is in this text identifying with the suffering as being his brothers and sisters. And it says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Well, well, well. I want to thank the people that are listening and, you know, come on in if you have a thought. So here we see that Jesus identifies himself in brotherhood with the hungry, the thirsty, the alien, those uh, needing clothes, the sick and the imprisoned. He boldly proclaims that his his very being identifies with with the suffering and the marginalized peoples of the world. Now, I I love the spiritual applications that can be generated from from this language. But I don't want us to embrace spiritual applications to the neglect of the literal meanings. So in other words, the literal terms are not to be completely replaced by romanticized spiritual metaphors. And, and yes, there are spiritual applications. But but the thing is, we're not off the hook as to the practical applications. We can talk about, yes, the, he's talking about the spiritually hungry and the spiritually thirsty or, or those in need of spiritual clothing. Or those who are spiritually sick and spiritually imprisoned. But I just want to remind us today that, yes, that is true. And those are good applications in our contemporary context. But people then, and still are, suffering then and now, hungry, thirsty, sick, imprisoned, alienated, marginalized, still today. I, I uh, you know, I could, I, I like the, um, the, uh, when I was a stranger, you invited me in. You know, we seem to wrestle with that today. Um, you know, today we see migrant journeys occurring. Migrant journeys occurring around the world. We see people journeying from the the furthest points of South America 
enduring a perilous journey on, on the tops of trains and through the rivers and oceans across deserts to make it to the border to try to find a better life. We see people escaping, fleeing and escaping certain death in Ukraine today, heading towards the borders of other, other towns and countries. And in our context, we see people coming to the church to, to, to find solace in God. And, and we must be careful to embrace the sacred lives that are fleeing from trouble. Lives that have been formed in the image of God. And we need to let them find the grace of community and unity in the body of Christ. It's very important that we ex uh, embrace this idea of community. Desmond Tutu once said this. He said, we need other human beings to help us to be human. For a solitary, isolated human being really is a contradiction in terms. And we are made for interdependency uh, on each other. Complement one another. I have gifts that you do not have and you, you have gifts that I do not have. Yeah, so we need to uh, embrace one another and move out of our individualisms and welcome the stranger. We, each of us is unique and um, we exist in a, in a delicate network of interdependence with our fellow human beings and with the rest of God's creation. So let us always be ready to welcome and embrace those who, who come. They need from us, they need the blessed assurance that they are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So Jesus endorses the service of those who minister to those in need. And he further proclaimed that the ministry work that was done was done as being was done as being done to the Lord himself. It's basically he's saying you have been attentive to their needs and by doing so you have been attentive to me. The third thing that I would like to consider today is the tragedy of the missed opportunity to serve God through our service to others. They asked him the question. The Bible says that the, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for me, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Wow. So we see some some spiritual blindness here. They weren't they didn't uh, see Christ in the face of the suffering. They didn't this Jesus, God being uh, the God associating and identifying himself with the poor and the suffering was a new concept. It was a reordering of values within a society that seemed to 
uh, simply be driven by greed and consumerism and the quest for power and wealth. So the point today is that our service to the Lord, certainly without doubt, includes our service to others. I mean, if you really ask yourself the question, how else can we serve the Lord? Well, you can serve God by making adjustments in your own life, but God calls us to look beyond our own own salvific experience as well, to look beyond the blessings that he's bestowed upon us and and allow yourselves to be used to help someone in need, just like someone helped you when you were in need. So, you know, this list that we have here of, of um, he identifies his brothers and sisters as those who are hungry, thirsty, strangers, needing clothes, the sick and the imprisoned. Now, this is a list, but it's not an all-inclusive list of all the human needs, but it certainly paints a picture of the poor, the marginalized, the unwanted, and the excluded. Jesus' remarks concerning the the least of these, as he calls them, call the Christian to care for and to reach all the way to the bottom of the societal structure. Thus, by doing so, inverting these earthly values that are so popular. The least of these are those who are unable to to uh, to help themselves, as they say. They don't have the resources to help themselves. So when they say, when did we see you? That's a, uh, a sign of like a spiritual blindness. So our question is, do we see the marginalized today? Or, or are we so obsessed with our own financial breakthroughs that the television preacher keeps promising you as you're sending him your money? Do we see Christ in the faces and the eyes of the excluded, the needy? Or do we harshly rationalize and blame them for their own suffering? You know, I talked about the missed opportunity for ministry there was a uh, there was a poem. You know, not all Christians are willing to look beyond their own existence. And and I'm an ordained minister, so I, I think I have the right to, to speak against the shortcomings of the church. But one Christian writer put it like this in a poem: it "says I was hungry." And you formed a humanities club and discussed my hunger. Thank you. I was imprisoned and you crept off quietly to your chapel in the cellar and prayed for my release. I was naked and in your mind you debated the morality of my appearance. I was sick and you knelt and thanked God for your help. I was homeless and you preached to me about the spiritual shelter 
of the love of God. I was lonely and you left me alone so that you could pray for me. And he closes this poem by saying, Christian, you seem so holy and so close to God, but I'm, I'm still very hungry and lonely and cold. Now, our, our service to God has been um, has led to some tragic results over the years. You know, when I think of missionaries, you know, from my from my young adult days, the the, the view I had of missionaries, the the, the the image that I had of missionaries were usually um, people of European descent traveling across the ocean to help people, the indigenous people in this overseas location. And by helping, I mean perhaps with food, water, farming, um, clothing. And there was always this need to, um, they felt the need to convert them to their own belief, their own religious beliefs and, and their um, their um, moral standards. And um, this wasn't always, uh, a lot of people had good intentions and did a lot of good work. Believe me, I'm not, I'm not, you know, condemning missionaries. Um, but there were those who, whose missionary efforts were um, driven by other um, guiding, you know, motivations. You know, you, there were photo ops of, of people that were, you know, gathered around and taking pictures with little children of color with swollen bellies and flies flying around their eyes and they're feeding them some sort of cereal. Um, there were, you know, pictures of little children uh, malnourished and, and with the loss of limbs and all kinds of pictures that would um, break through to your um, sensitivity and encourage you to get money, to send money and and, and a lot of this money was, you know, used for administrative costs with very little of the money actually reaching the people that were in need. So we need to be careful of who we send our money to um, as we see these advertisements on television and, and, and through the mail. Um, I would encourage you to, to investigate. Then the other idea is this, and you know, um, back in, you know, the back, if, if you've never read the book, there's a book called uh, The Devastation of the Indies. Um, Bartolomo de la Casas, he wrote a book. He was around around the time of um, when Christopher Columbus came. He came um, and, and he, he, he was a witness to the, to the devastation of millions of people being killed as the um, people came with really the the agenda was to extract the resources from 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 the world from from the area. The, when I say the Indies, I mean the um, the South America, the Caribbean, North America, and and it was accompanied. These this mission was accompanied by um, terrible, terrible, inhumane acts of violence against the people that were there. 
I mean, setting them on fire, doing things like burning them 13 at a time and 12 in remembrance of the apostles and one for the remembrance of Jesus. So these are atrocious behaviors of, of, and then, you know, hunting down the indigenous people, killing them and setting up butcher shops, selling their flesh for dog food, you know, to, for the, for the, for the, those who came in to feed their dogs. Um, and setting people's feet on fire, that expression of, you know, set the feet to the fire, that, that came from um, them actually roasting people until torturing them, until they could tell them where the gold was and where the resources were. So, and then in the, in the, in the back of their minds was, this is somehow good for these people because we hope that they get converted to our beliefs. So I guess all I'm saying is that um, sometimes the missionary work um, was corrupted by by uh, false and and corrupted um, uh, motivations, and certainly didn't have anything to do with God. So today, if you are on this call, I'm inviting you to come on in. I see a lot of names here, and um, I would would love to hear from you um, today. Today, um, I think the, the, there's a scripture that, that I'm reminded of. It comes from Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So then the, the work of the missionary today requires one to accept God's invitation to an unselfish commitment to caring for others. The missionary, or the one who who wants to serve God through serving others, is delivered from the the paralyzing grips of self-centeredness. Because caring is demonstrated when we reach out to those who who don't expect our help and, and caring focuses on the less fortunate because we believe that God opens his kingdom to everyone. So the the work of the ministry, of the missionary, I'm sorry, um, calls you, God invites you to accept his invitation to becoming a distribution center for God's providential care. And it doesn't have to be a solo effort. There's strength and power in a community effort. Um, being part of a team, and, and I believe that God will prosper your team, um, and that it's not just to, God doesn't prosper you just to quench your own thirst for consumerism and consumption, but he actually wants you to be an agent of change in this fallen world system. Like I said before, Jesus ushered in a the reordering of values in practice so that suffering, um, the suffering can be resurrected by the hand of God through the people of God. You know, we call ourselves, we know what Jesus did when he was, when he was on earth. We know of his, of the miracles that he did. We know of his feeding the poor and, um, we call ourselves the body of Christ, but are we willing to do what he did? You know, we're supposed to be the hands and feet of God in this world. But do we do that? 
or, or, or are we caught up in our own self um, uh, salvation and we're so fixed on the blessings that we get and want to have that we we even go to the extreme of developing theologies that kind of um, are developed to to give us a way out you know um, uh, a way out of, of serving others like oh and you know tragically some people even think today that you know we're not supposed to help people you know I went I went to um, people in need you know I went to I took a group of students to San Diego and you know we we met some people there I met a man who who's, who read this same very same scripture and he says when I was thirsty you gave me something to drink and he took his mission he used that as his mission statement and what his ministry was was that he would go out into the desert where people were crossing this desert journey to come into to migrate into this United States through um, where Mexico meets California, where Mexico meets um, San Diego. And he would go out into the desert, and I mean far out into the desert. This this, this mission um, ministry work is not for everybody. You're going out into harsh desert conditions and leaving jugs of water and food and supplies for the people who are coming um, across that journey. Now, you know, when I was there, my criticism was not whether or not um, borders should be open or closed. It was the process. Because people, young men, women and children and adults were dying in the desert every day. So he, he took it as his ministry to, to put these jugs of water along the trails in the desert where they knew people were passing through. Now, I said that there are some people who believe that we shouldn't help people. And there were groups of people out there that would go out into the desert, climb through the rough terrain and miles out into the desert with one goal in mind, and that was to slice open the jugs of water so that the people on their journey wouldn't be hydrated and that they would die. So again, my, my observation in my talk right now is not focusing on whether or not borders should be open or closed. My talk is on the humanitarian aspect of it. So, you know, we, we have been taught through this passage to, to care for those in need. We, we're, we're taught to be a distribution center of God's love, compassion, and providential care. And we, we would be wise to follow the teachings of Jesus. You know, we want to claim ourselves as being on the right side, just like the sheep. Um, but just as in the days of Jesus, the opportunity for ministry in our modern day context is, is um, plentiful. And now I want to say this too. And I probably won't have much more to say after this. But... Um, again, if you're there and you want to join me, please do. I want to bring, oh, we have somebody coming in. And I thank you for coming. Um, again, you know, I never want this to be a, a um, preaching platform, but I have um, Nate George is coming in. I feel like Nate is a partner in ministry at this point. Hello, Nate. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, my friend? 
Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, my uh, wife decided to take our four children to go visit her mother. So I'm in the house, man. I, this is this is awkward. I'm I'm not used to this much silence. So uh, <laughs> well, so, you know, silence is good sometimes. <laughs> I, I know. I, I have people telling me all the time. They're like, Nate, you got to take advantage of this. I'm like, yeah, but I do kind of miss the chaos a little bit. But um Anyway, so yeah, I, I you was, know they I say was, they say that they say they say that silence is the language of God <laughs> because he <laughs> well, can speak you, to you in that silence. <laughs> well, and I, I we I was able to uh, thankfully was able to get a lot of a lot of recording done for the podcast and that I'm working on. Uh, I uh, it's um, and then I have I have yet to do a talk today, which I was planning on doing and. So yeah, no, it's uh, everything's going pretty good. And I just I was listening to your message, and I um, it really just struck a chord with me. You know, that's uh, what you're talking about is so crucial, and that's that's obviously one of the was supposed to be one of the biggest factors of churches taking care of of those who cannot take care of themselves, being a really a true beacon of light. And uh, it's kind of turned into where we we are now. Um, so some churches, not all of them. But some are just consumed with uh, getting getting theirs and getting their ties in and and uh, kind of I don't want I don't want to speak too harshly on the church, but um, you know I don't it's, it's I don't mind. Of, <laughs> I don't mind. Well, we, we 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 both we both know, um, and it's you know people will whine and complain about carpets and uh, hey it's not 72 degrees in here today i'm not i'm, I'm never gonna come come back here again and you got right. people who in different countries will literally will walk days and hours and hours and hours to to go to church and so it it's just about priorities but and then just again to speak on what you're saying it's just it's just such a it's just a reminder that you know that there's people that are really struggling and, and those who are are just just in need that that the church can provide those things and should provide those things so yeah i'm right here with you so you know one of the tragic things that happens is that um you know and i notice it on television it's been going on for years that we get so consumed like you said with getting ours that we become anesthetized paralyzed and desensitized to the needs of others and I mean, when you watch television and you hear the, te- the preacher talking about, you know, your breakthrough is coming around the corner, and that's good. There's truth in all of that, and God does prosper people, right? But when that be- when mm-hmm. that becomes that can become a form of idolatry, where all, all you're interested is yeah. is getting and getting more and more and more. Next thing you know, that because you think that because you're a child of God. That the evidence should be that you drive a Mercedes or a Bentley, and and you live you live in a huge home and you have yeah. planes and all of this kind of stuff. That's the evidence of your um, being in God's favor, smiling upon you. But all of that happened. How come? The question is, how come? I never right. see any of these people talking about helping those who are less fortunate. I never see that. I mean, you know. So so the thing is that. We are called to 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 yeah. look beyond our own salvation. And you know, you mentioned something else, Nate. You mentioned that you know, um, people in other countries will have to walk for hours to go to church. 
I heard a story about there was going to be a baptism. And people came from miles around to be a witness to this baptism. And nowadays, you know, some people won't even come to church because mm. they can't find a tie to match their suit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So I know. So, um, I know. The, the, the point, though, we, is that we actually can serve God through serving humanity. That's that. Yeah. I. Well, yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, yeah, so I, I apologize. The, no, uh, no apology. You know, if you think about what what Christ has done, especially in the end of the book and end of the book of John, it says, you know, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but if you were to record everything that Jesus did, mm-hmm. then the volume there would be volumes and volumes of books that the world couldn't contain. So, you know, if we're if if He is our Lord and He is uh, and He is our, our the great Teacher and He is our uh, master and we are his disciples then we ought to uh, I mean we ought, we ought to copy exactly what he um, he demonstrated for us and I think a lot of times what we what we do is we just get you know it's just also the the, the world we live in it's so it's so uh, driven by with self and that's that's a lot of times what I hear and I like I said I don't, don't want to be um Kind of person that's divisive, but that's a lot of times I hear on many different platforms. <clears throat> I, I hear nothing but self, and it, right. it just. And so, if you're focused on self, I might, I had people tell me that um, Nate, in order to take care of other people, you got to take care of yourself first. And I'm like, that. Where is the compassion going to? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't take care of the basic necessities of your life for sure. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that showing compassion on the people especially those who are less fortunate or are falling on hard times i mean that's they really need us and what what a powerful testimony that would be uh for for our communities for church to be actually what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. yeah somebody you know listen to this now i mean i mean i i do i do agree you know to some, in some capacities, in some ways, I agree with the people that told you that you have to take care of yourself. I don't know if you have to take care of yourself first, but um, often, I mean, there is a um, there is a component of self care for yourself in terms of okay, right? Um, you you uh, let, let's use this as an example. When you need to go somewhere, you need to travel somewhere. You go put gas in your car. If you don't put the gas in the car you can't go where you're going in the same way if you don't nourish yourself spiritually um how can you be of help to anybody else um because you'll just end up as but that's why what we'd like what we're doing right now and 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 our bible studies and prayers and and all and the fellowship amongst the believers is all important i mean you need to have that as as a foundation in order for you to step out and help other people or else you can get caught up in in um um, burnout. Uh, you can burn yourself out. You can be misguided and get caught up in a lot of stuff without God's wisdom. So, in terms of self care, we need to nourish ourselves with the Word of God, like I see you doing. I can tell that you do that. Um, you know, we feed ourselves. We feed. We make sure that we eat. But do we feed? You know, 
I went to I was on vacation a couple of years ago. I went down to Virginia yeah. to a church and and as I was driving some people to the church nobody had a Bible. And I said, how I was joking with that. I said, how come nobody has a Bible We're going to church? They said, "Oh, don't worry about it. They got it on the screen." <laughs> so, so um I mean, we need to spend time oh, in the word yeah. of the Lord. Spend time in prayer so that we can be nourished spiritually. And that is a form of self-care. Now, I don't know what, what um, the people are telling you that you need to care for yourself. Or I don't know what they meant. But but I know what I mean by self-care is is nourishing yourself spiritually and being in right wow. relationship with God and nurturing that relationship. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just talking about a worldly perspective right. on on self, where self mm-hmm. is the most important thing, and uh, yeah, that that's basically what I was getting at. But well, I guess going back to the, the the heart, the really heart of the issue is you know we're and that's what you're here for too is you know you're here to stir us up to love and good works, and that's that's what the body of Christ is for, and we're supposed to you know we're supposed to come together and, and to you know, I mean. I, I keep forgetting where I, I want to say it's I don't remember where it's at I'll have to look it up but uh, pure and undefiled religion is taking care of orphans and, and widows mm-hmm. and keeping oneself polluted from the from the corruption of this world and so you know we must take care of these people um, in ways that is just more than uh, sending them a, a quick Bible verse and tell them oh, hey bless you you know bless you it's all good and right. yeah <laughs> it's just one of those things and so um i hope you come back man i know you're sitting there all alone you may as well come back <laughs> oh man so um you know and nate i hope that i hope that um god speaks to you in your time of of um you know with your family being away i hope that god speaks to you in this during this time that you just use it as a time of um of clinging close to god getting some rest that you need and 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 even sitting in silence and allowing god to speak to you you know prayer is a two-way conversation mm-hmm. so 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 do we do we allow ourselves to be still enough to actually hear from God, you know. Um, so you know, we have, uh, you know, besides the those, you know, I had I had earlier in this talk, I had said that as I was studying, I said that you know we have to be careful not to over romanticize the language that Jesus uses here about the the hungry and the thirsty, and not to um, uh, to qualify everything as spiritual needs, spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst, but actual literal terms that, you know, um, that, that these people were actually hungry, you know, um, but those spiritual applications, um, are very important. So, you know, we have this hunger for the word of God, the thirst for righteousness. We should clothe ourselves with the armor of God and the, the armor of God and the garments of praise. We need to be, um, move out of isolation and embrace community of, of believers um, and we get, we're also God liberates us from anything that, that imprisons us so those are some spiritual applications um, but they're not to be taken into consideration without considering the literal um, aspects of actually feeding people and, and um, 
um, visiting the prison. Now, the thing is this, every one of those things on the list is not for everybody. Everybody's not called to go to prison ministry. You know, we we need to do right. what we believe the Lord is calling us to do. And that that's why earlier in his talk, I said, you know, um, as you're considering how you can use your gifts um, to to be you to to serve humanity as you serve God as a way of serving God, don't rush to 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 a judgment of how can I do this um, because it's something that needs to be prayed about. And and you know, I ask people to consider three things. I ask them to consider the um, consider first of all consider God and all He's done for your life. Um, Nate, were you born in the church? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't until I was. Well, it was. I was. I was a little bit older. Um, and then my. So I'd say like right. At, well, I guess technically yes. I, I was about eleven ish, ten eleven when my parents started really getting in church, and then my dad became a youth minister. And oh wow. And I got I got baptized when I was thirteen, and I mm-hmm. for I, I actually got baptized for the for the wrong reasons, and it wasn't until I was a little bit older, right? right I really made that uh, decision to follow him for for yeah for real this time, and so I did it because my uh, I'm the oldest of five, and my sister got baptized mm-hmm. first. She's a middle child, yep, and so I'm like, well, I'm the oldest. I should have been setting the example, so therefore that's what I must do, and. As we know, that's not the right way. But you know, yeah, I was I was blessed. Actually, speaking of that actually right before I got in here to listen to you, I was actually just having about an hour long conversation with with my dad. You know, we we talk Bible all the time, and so it's it's you know, so it's it's great to go from one conversation to another. So yeah, mm-hmm. is your is your father still in the ministry? Yes. Good. Yep, he's a. He actually uh, pastors there. Uh, they had a building, um, and it. Uh, they had to. They, they kind of changed the price on him, and kind of, kind of, kind of went about it the wrong way. And uh, so now he's right. he's doing doing church from the from the home until they can find uh, a building. Well, these are tough times. Um, I mean, with COVID, really devastated. Um, a lot of ministries with you know when people stay home from yes. church the, the money stays home with them and, and the support is no longer there and you know <laughs> yeah. um, supporting a church it's sad you know um, supporting a church I, I encourage people to kind of know a little bit about the church before they just th- throw their money in there but but it's important because you know like um, my, right. my church you know um, uh, we have a um we have a place that children can gather and, and experience Sunday school. We have, you know, the fellowship of some elders that are able to come out. And I'm right now I'm talking about we have this, but before COVID, it was really thriving. And now it's starting to pick up again. COVID, but COVID really, really um, interfered with a, a lot of ministries. Churches, some churches were shutting down um, during COVID because people stayed home and their money stayed home. So we have to yeah. figure, figure out different ways to, to minister to people and to reach out. <clears throat> I mean, me personally, when, when COVID hit, I was out on an assignment to help two different churches get through COVID. 
And, you know, a couple of churches, they had uh, one had no pastor, one had a sick pastor. And I just went in and preached and sometimes out of my home, sometimes in the church building, their church building and streaming services online and all that. Um, So we have to be ready to adapt to changing conditions and um, to do whatever we can to help those in, in need. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, so I ask people to consider what God has done for their own lives. And when you think about that, you know, there's a saying that, you know, salvation produces good works, but good works doesn't produce salvation. So when, when you think about all that God has done, when you think about all that God has done in right, your life, right. how can you not become that distribution center for God's love, right? And, and go ahead. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, no, and, no, and um, go ahead finish it. Sorry. you know, so consider how all that God has done in your life. Consider then how Jesus identifies with the suffering as brothers and sisters. The least of these, you know, God stepped out of uh, eternity and into time and came and, you know, with a what came and took on a body like our own. You know, he was the divinity wrapped in flesh, mm-hmm. fully, fully um, acquainted with our suffering and our sorrow. And, and you know, Jesus sat amongst the, the everyday people, the, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sick, the, the, the religious leaders. He sat with them all. And, and um, instead of chasing them away, he, he embraced them and he taught them. Um, so then, you know, consider the, you know, we often look at um, uh, look at people that are suffering as though they brought it upon themselves, you know, and, and we blame them for their for their for their um, condition. Um, I'll tell you one thing. One day, and this is this is a like a testimony here. You know, it says, "Do we see Christ in the face of the suffering?" Well, one day I was I was um, I was going to the beach. I was leaving the beach. I had my grandson, his cousin, my wife. We were leaving the beach, and I was getting ready to go take them to eat at a a very popular seafood place, a very popular seafood place where I live, and uh, by a a marina. And, um, you know, we were preparing to really enjoy ourselves. And as I was leaving, I was waiting for them to get in the car. There was a a gentleman um, going through a garbage can at the beach looking for something to eat and every every um bag that he uh opened up it was empty and he couldn't find anything in his garbage can so um i stood there looking at him and i felt like the lord speak to me and say well you know are you just gonna stand there looking at him (laughs) you need to do something right so i i went over to the man i went over to the man and i i gave him some money out of my pocket and i said please Get yourself something to eat. And Nate, I'm going to tell you something. He looked at me and I looked into his eyes and it was almost, and he smiled at me. It was almost like God was smiling at me, smiling at me in that moment. And, um, you know, he thanked me and I said, please go get yourself something to eat. And I left. Um, But what I'm telling you is that was a very, um, uh, that was a deep experience right there. I really felt the presence of God in that situation. Um, and it just made me mindful of the fact of not to overlook strangers 
people in need because you never know who it is that we're entertaining. The Bible says we may be entertaining an angel, right? So, uh, so we don't want to. We we don't want. We want to be careful yeah, yeah. about those missed opportunities for ministry when we shut our eyes and our hearts and and our our, um, our resources to helping other people. Um, I'm not. Um, I you know we have to use some wisdom. We have to use wisdom in ways that we help people. I mean, I. I um, you know, um, you know, you have organizations, you have people in the street. Can you stop and, you know, another story once I felt like two cents. I was, uh, I was at a, tr- I had my grandson in the car and we were going to pick up my wife and I stopped at a light and there was a man with a sign that said, I'm hungry, I need food. And he had an orange in his hand. And I, I was sitting at the light, just waiting for the light. And I was kind of not paying attention to this person. I saw him. And my grandson, I think he was six years old at the time, he said, Granddad, <laughs> look at him. Are you going to do something? <laughs> uh, yep. And and I felt like two cents. And, and, and um, you know, there have been times when, when I passed by somebody and I turned my car around and, and, and went back and given them something. But the thing is that you have to use wisdom. You know, um, you have to use your wisdom, and but, yeah. but we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't ignore folks in their need. I mean, somebody begging out in the street for money is not always a fraud. You know, sometimes you know it's not right. Always yeah, a fraud, exactly. So, um, so uh, you know, um, we just need to to n- try not to um, to miss out on the opportunities for ministry. You know, because God will point it out to you. And, and you know that's one thing I admire about my own my own pastor. Um, I was with him once. We were um, there was a baptism. He was doing some baptisms, and somebody showed up after the uh, baptism was over. They were scheduled to be in the baptism that day, and the baptism was over, and the tank was being empty. Right? You know these tanks hold a lot of water, right? So. <laughs> So, so the baptism oh, pool yeah. was being emptied, you know, I think an hour passed by and here they come. Oh, I missed it. I'm late. I'm sorry. And I said, well, I was out there and I said, well, you know, we'll schedule for next time. But the tent, the tank is being emptied and um, we're about to go. So we'll, we'll do it next time, maybe next month. And my pastor came out of his office and said, fill the tank back up. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, right. Um, so you know that made me feel kind of small in the moment, but we have to pay attention to these things, and 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 be you know that's one thing I admire about him is he's willing, always willing to um, go the extra for someone else, you know, and and he's done that for me as well. So um, so how are you making out all alone? You know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I mean. The, uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's just, I, I talked to them a little bit today, um, and they're, they're, they're doing fine. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they're gone for like, you know, a week's on end or anything, but you know, they're coming back tomorrow. So it's not like, it's not like I had anything like to worry about with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, 
I mean, it was it is a five hour trip, you know, and I'm not there to protect them, but you know, God is, and so I I trust Him with the lives of my family. So you know, I'm there's so anyway, but yeah, you know what? Um, and you mentioned a little bit ago about um, how you know, I hope this was a time to really draw closer to God, and I was able to um, finish the uh, um, I'm. I'm studying up, um, so I, what I've been doing on the podcast as I started, I started the book of Colossians like six months ago, and, mm-hmm. and I went through uh, Ephesians, and uh, now I'm going through Colossians, and or excuse me, I went through Colossians, Ephesians, and now I'm, I'm, doing, I'm finished. I just finished up Philippians, and, I, and now I'm doing a, I'm studying up James, and I'll tell you what, James is that's what when COVID hit. Um, mm-hmm. We were doing services online. Uh, we were actually going through yeah. the book of James, and so it's mm-hmm. been it's been a while. And it's, I mean, speaking of that, uh, this is the this is the verse I was looking for, James two, because it goes perfectly what we were talking about. So two fifteen, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and if one of you says to them, "Go in peace, be warm and be filled," yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Exactly. So, even so, faith if it has no works is dead, being by itself. I mean, exactly. By the way, so we can't. Um, we, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. So I was going to tell you that um, I put some uh, when you mentioned COVID and and James together. I did the same thing mm-hmm. during COVID. I was one of the churches that I was helping. Wow. One of the churches that I was helping, um, I was led to do James, and and um, so and then I took the notes from the um, the sessions that I did, and I put them on uh, I put them on you know on this Faith Talk podcast that I got on on Apple, um, on Amazon, on you know all these different outlets, um, iHeartRadio, um, there's a bunch of them. And and um, and I even put it on YouTube. So if you look up Jay Glover on YouTube, and I, I know I told you this. Um, if you look it up, you'll see a whole. I did a. There's a couple of. Um, uh, you'll see where I did the talk on James there, and it was it was very good. It was very really because it's a deep book. It's, and I was under the the under the um, banner of teaching about a practical Christianity. You know, we have we have a ten, we have a tendency to over. And, yeah, when I say spiritual, we have a tendency to to um, to look at this otherness, this other world, right? And getting to heaven and all of that stuff. And Jesus is like, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> you know, and and we can make a difference here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like I said, I there's some cringy videos um, that I put out. Just because I was messing with the filters, I, this is just on my phone. Mm-hmm. I was trying to put out stuff for because uh, I, I think I told you I'm a youth pastor. I think mm-hmm. I said that. Yep. Um, and so we were, uh, and obviously they were. You know, I was thinking like, well, they, a lot of kids that you know they like YouTube and stuff. So I mean, and I, I like I don't I like it to an extent. And so I, I did I did catch the resurrection one you were talking about the other day. Oh, I did, did catch you? that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought that was. It was cool. Um, well, that's on. You know, it was that's a, like I tell you. That's on. Um, it's on Apple. It's on all those different um, 
podcast and 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 there's some people are listening to it so the thing is you know not a whole lot of people i mean youtube stuff it seems like almost nobody looks at it but i'm also you know i put it on instagram and so something like that that uh, and then i do some short really short ones like maybe a minute long and you know i work with some students at a university i'm a protestant chaplain at a, at a um a jesuit institution university and um you know, I'll put a minute clip on on Instagram, and you know the students like it. I have like maybe the, the, I put one up the other day, and I think twenty students liked it. So, so you know, sometimes these little small things. Good. Um, listen, to get twenty students in a room at one time together and develop a relationship is, is doesn't come easy, you know. So, mm-hmm. so um, I really I appreciate I appreciate their no. liking the, the video. Short one minute clip says a lot, you know, that they took the time to look at it for one minute, and it spoke to them. You know, I did one on on I just did one the other day, and and um, and I do that up for them on Instagram. That's how they that's how we communicate. And uh, I have a student, um, a Christian student fellowship that I oversee at the university. And um, we communicate through Instagram and some other group methods. But, um, you know, um, I, I like the idea of you going to, to James in a practical Christianity because that's what this is all about, serving um, serving humanity, you know, is a way of serving God. I don't know how else we can serve God other than, you know, of course, there are adjustments in your own life, but it's very important to 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 serve other people you know and yeah I like and yeah I agree with that so so what's the name of your podcast or what, what what are you how are you doing that it's uh it's living it's uh, actually what I okay, have on living that, the parables. living parables yeah Good. yeah yeah I mean it's um actually I'm gonna hop I'm gonna hop off and hop back on real quick okay come on yeah Okay, so we're, Nate is coming back on, and I'm always um, glad to be in conversation with Nate because it's, he's an encouragement to myself, and I'm sure others who listen to his ministry on through his living parables. So, Nate, you're back. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that, and appreciate the opportunity, and, and, and likewise, too, it's, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, your encouragement to me and, and, uh, and to all those that listen, and and you know challenge us and but also just you know i like i i try to do the same things i try to open up uh and i just i think a lot of people sometimes just like to listen to but um yeah basically you know is what's interesting is um uh started the podcast um i believe it was uh, may of 2020 so right right in the heart of covid and you know we started up and just trying to figure out you know, spent a lot of time trying to figure out the name of it, kind of the, what's, kind of what's, what's the uh, the message, what's, you know, what's gonna, what's it gonna be about? And honestly, I just, for me personally, I, I didn't really see a ton of, um, I guess, Bible study type of. Oh. Yeah, that's the, that's pretty much what it is. And I was looking for that stuff, and I couldn't find it. So I decided, well, I guess I could just try it, and then. Um, you know, we've been I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and so I'm on uh, season four. And like I said, I just I recorded since I'm by myself today, and 
So I, I recorded about three episodes today on, on Ephesians. And so it was a, it's a, it's, it, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Philippians. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going pretty, it's going pretty good. Uh, well, this is the thing. Let me tell like, you this. Let me just say this too. If, um, you know, if it seems like, if it seems like, you know, you're not getting like thousands of listeners and all of this kind of stuff, it's not the numbers that are important. If two people, no, if two people get encouraged by what you said, you seem to me in the short, ten, short time that I've been in communication with you, you seem to me to have the heart of a teacher. And, and um, this is so important because as you even mentioned yourself, there's so many people out there that are, you know, that are maybe misguided in their, in the, in, in what their, what the, the content of, of their presentations. So it's important. It's important to to um, once God gets hold of you and, and inspires you to teach um, to do that. So it's not about the numbers. Um, I mean, I, I was look, I was looking at some of my um, I was looking at my no. YouTube channel and I think I got like. 10 views or two views. My grandson got 55, no, 60,000 views for, for uh, a, a stop motion video that he put up. So, but it's not. I know, no, yeah. It's, I mean, so imagine if Jesus would have been on the cross and said, no. you know what? There's only 12 of you standing here. There's only 20 of you standing here. I'm getting down. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So it's not worth it. the numbers, man, and, and keep pressing on it. And sometimes it gets, um, sometimes it's exhausting and a lot of work. But when that yeah. one person has an aha moment, and you know, it, it's it's like so so. You know, you feel like you've done what you were called to do, and and it is um, doing what we're talking what we're talking about today. You are engaged well, yeah. in ministry, and you're helping somebody along their journey. Um, you know, my, my grandmother used to sing this song. My grandmother and my mother, they used to sing a song that said, I'm not going to sing it, but the word said something like this. If I could help somebody, then my living shall not be in vain. Um, if I can help somebody as I travel along, if I can help somebody with a word or a song, if I can help somebody from doing wrong, then my life, my living shall not be in vain. Um, so, um, as you teach, as I teach, as we share, as we as we work with one another, and somebody gets touched in some capacity, then then your living has not been in vain, and, and, and be strengthened to continue on and press on to the to the prize, um, you know, because you're in the place where God has called you to be, and by and it's, and and it doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive because some of these things even cost you money to do, right? And and you might not be getting, you might not be getting anything. Um, oh yeah, yeah. To to you know to meet your need, but God will supply your needs and 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 just keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and you know um, what's what's truly amazing is that there's just no other place I you know, I would think that would be. I mean, uh, speaking of, speaking of a blessing, it, it's uh, sometimes I'll check. I'll just check. Um, kind of see what, um, just what episodes are doing, and just I just kind of just, I just check it once in a while. Mm -hmm. But um, there's like 14 percent of listeners that are actually in the UK. I mean, that that to me is such a 
uh, amazing stat to me. It's and I and th- that's a person or persons, right? And are you that are you just, in the UK? Okay. okay. No. So so it's overseas. No. Yeah. 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 I'm a Midwest fella. Okay. So. So I I um yeah. I know I that is amazing you know um I um I'm in New York um uh when I remember you know I'm a musician and I used to have some music out that I wrote and put out on um on the internet radio and the most it was really funny the most of my um um listeners and and likes and all of that stuff that and followers that I got were in Israel <laughs> so so and that wow. was kind of fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, it just goes to show you that that we're um, our platform through this technology has changed and we need to take advantage of it. Um, humanity has not taken advantage. Martin Luther King Jr. said we have the technology to eradicate hunger from the face of the earth, but our hearts are not in the right place to do it. Yep. And we can. We throw the, the governments throw out. You have to food. care. You know, um, we throw out food and we. Um, yeah. Uh, we do all sorts of things that that don't make sense um, because there's this um, there's this um, dominant narrative of, of greed, power, wealth, consumerism, and and it just Jesus came in and 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 ushered in a reordering of, of values, and and hopefully we, we begin to um, listen to to those teachings, and you know Nate. Um, uh, you know, you said people are kind of quiet um, <clears throat> on on some of these sessions. They don't want to call in and all of that. Sometimes people um, can't, can't. I find that even in church, people have an, a difficulty articulating their beliefs, and so so it's so it's important. Oh yeah, to sure. to have a teaching platform that that can reach out and gives people some guidance and help them to. Um, to articulate, to understand the stories that they read with relevance for their lives today. So teaching is definitely one of these um, ministries of, of caring for the for those in need. And the teaching ministry is definitely one of those. In need. Um, it, but in order to do that, though, you, we need to we need to continue to to invest in ourselves through spending time with God and staying in prayer and studying and and really being open to hearing from the voice of God to so that we help people and not hurt them you know so um, I, I think I'm going to jump right. off of here now and and um, God bless you my prayers are with you okay and and I hope you I hope that God will speak to you in a fresh way right today before your family even gets back so that you can be ready <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> ready for the storm. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, I appreciate right, that. Well, yeah. God bless you, brother, and may God continue to smile on you. Yeah, you too. So, you so too, let man. me Thanks just so let me just let me just close out. I'm just going to close out by reminding folks that I, I said to a couple of things. You know, um, how can we serve God? And and the answer is by serving humanity. But before you make a decision as to what you want to do to, in order to do that I want you to first consider what God has done in your own life uh, for you and think of all the people that he's placed in your life to, to reach you I want you to consider how God how Jesus identified with the suffering as brothers and sisters of his and the least of these 
So also take into consideration the, the missed opportunity for for ministry when we shut our eyes and hearts and minds and, and we shut down when it comes to helping others and, and when all we get to be concerned with is, is our own blessings and, and how God is prospering our lives to the neglect of the need is, needs of others. And then, of course, we want you to um, nourish yourself through your Bible study and your prayer and, and, and so that you can be strengthened. Spend time with God so that you can be strengthened to um, to be in ministry. Somebody's coming in, um, and I'm going to allow him in right now. How are you, sir? Hello. How are you? Uh, Leverand. Good day. Yeah. Good evening. It's actually uh, midnight. Oh. It's actually midnight here in Lusaka, Zambia. So oh, I just Zambia. got acquainted with the Word of God. Amen. Yeah. So, and I just so how's, just coming how's things- through. Have you have you heard uh, any I'm, of this talk so far? You come. No, this is my first time to join you, sir. Oh, this is the first time. So basically, you know what the what the topic today was: serving God through our serving humanity. So one way that we can serve God is by serving others. So what right. do you feel about that? That is right. I I I I think it's very it's very important, like to. Uh, uh, to serve God through other people because uh, God works with works in people. So um, many of the times that uh, we think we are doing things for God when it's not for God, but when we serve people, it's literally uh, going straight to the heart of God. The Bible says in the book of uh, uh, Numbers twenty-three verse verse 19 to 20 the, the, the bible it says god is not man that he should lie the son of man that he should change his mind when he bless and no devil can reverse so this uh verse really touches my heart because i every time i'm reminded that i whenever i serve other people uh i begin to serve God in a diverse way mm-hmm. because uh, God is is uh, you know Levrand, God is in, in, in our hearts mm-hmm. it's no longer the buildings like you know yeah, the churches that? and all that so we are always moving with God and God is in he said I'm going to dwell among them mm-hmm. so there's no way I'm going to hate my brother or hit my sister and then say no because i'm serving god uh, uh you are not important so we need to put people first serving them uh, as they are, uh, 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 as children of god that will go straight to the heart of god and yeah. also Levrand, uh, just few verses that i can share is uh, mm-hmm. uh the, the the book of uh, isaiah mm-hmm. isaiah um is is that the right uh word he said in jeremiah 29 11 yes correct jeremiah 29 verse 11 he says i know the plans that i have for you the plans to see you excel increase prosper and succeed mm-hmm. and we are also reminded to be strong and of good courage like uh, joshua was being encouraged in the book of uh, joshua 1 verse 8 
to be strong and of good courage even when we are saving people there are so many challenges you know saving people uh-huh. is not an easy thing it's something very very difficult but still we have to see to, to see to it that uh, we are saving god and saving god uh, through people we have to it's a sacrificial thing it has to be something that is coming from the heart it shouldn't be just uh, uh, because people say, I want people to see that I'm saving God mm-hmm. uh, and, and then that that is not the way it should be because it's now yourself it's you, you are doing it for self uh, exploit like you want people to see but it should be that the father in heaven is the one who has to see your 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 your, your works mm-hmm. and when you are you are saving people with with substance uh i i levrand i don't believe in um saving people with just a word to say uh it is well it is well it is well we will not uh get that right. man in in the off off the streets that's right oh that it, right. it is well is not going to buy or to to put uh, uh i mean uh to 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 pay bills or to just uh, give bread to the poor but if we act in love mm-hmm. and when uh, i i love this topic uh servant of god because it's really touching the heart of god whenever we serve god Uh, through other people through people because it is i mean saving god i mean how can you save god you don't see that's what the bible says so save god through people because it is he that uh giveth men power to create wealth according to the book of uh uh deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 he says thou shall remember the lord your god for it is he that is giving you wealth so that you may remember the covenant that he swore to our forefather abraham as this covenant is still standing even today so even when we save others we have to know that what we have is not ours but it is god's mm-hmm. so that's a little about my encouragement <laughs> so you so listen man I, yeah. I i really love that you sound so excited about god and it sounds like you um are are offering these thoughts out of gratitude for all that god has done in your own life um can you want to can you tell me a little that bit is about right that? yes uh levrand um my, my, my life itself i'm a living sacrifice i'm a living testimony because um I have learned to live for other people because other people they are also living for me mm-hmm. and that is seven god uh I can tell you this the uh, servant of god um I I in 2018 mm-hmm. I was uh quite sick I got uh cancer uh, neuropathic cancer so I was in bed like for 5 months I never walked Mm. it was very really tough for me so it was uh, by then i was just alone i wasn't even um, i wasn't married by then i, I life was very really tough for me and uh, i remembered always the the time when the, the servant of god um uh, prophet um um that uh, was prophet is this who went to, to to heaven is is it um with a chariot of fire mm-hmm. Elijah. Elijah 
Elijah. Elijah. Yes, the Bible says uh, there was a time when there was famine in the land and Elijah was fed by the ravens. They could bring bread from afar, servant of God. Right. And water could come out of the brook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it was just people, servant of God. Not even a family member came to see me. Can you imagine? Wow. But just just people, the people in the in the in the in, in God's circles, they are the ones who are sending me money. Right, uh, right. Uh, child of God, we are sending you this. We are sending you this gift because you don't have to be in. You know, I I, I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. I was in bed. Everything in bed. <laughs> so it was really tough. But uh, I was in the mouth of death. But mm-hmm. God was the one who was there for me. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was getting better, servant of God, uh, I started walking a little bit. And then around 12 hours Central African time, I was abducted by 16 criminals. They wanted to cut my penis, my, you know, I'm, 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 I'm speaking straight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 these criminals, they are rich killers. They want to get the sets out of the body of a human being and then go and you know when a man is paid to do the job they are they will do whatever it takes to protect <laughs> their integrity their etiquette Amen. so servant of god i i i i i i i saw death itself because the the moment i was trying to figure out what was going on they already sprayed me uh with a chemical a terrible chemical called pepper spray and mm. i can assure you if anyone is found with this chemical uh, the authority should arrest that person because it's very dangerous it's very listen, dangerous listen, hold on one second hold on one second you've got this right. there's a timer on this right so when you get when your time runs out just come come back in okay come back in right right okay okay so when you when your time goes out just come back in i want to hear your story that's right okay <laughs> yeah so that's what happened seven of god i found myself uh running leaving the 16 people who were highly paid to kill Mm. <laughs> to destroy a life over very little money mm. to destroy life and God gave me the wings to ride on the ego's wings mm-hmm. I'll be back Amen, Yeah, come on back in well I thank you for your testimony um, and, and it seems like as though you have a lot to be grateful for and it seems as though to me that that's possibly the uh, probably the the inspiration of of your um, service to God now. That is right. Yeah. So, servant of God, as I continue, I, I ran for my life, but little did I know that it wasn't myself. It was God. I, God gave me the wings to ride on the eagle's wings. Amen. Can you imagine seven of God leaving the 16 people in my state of sickness? Mm-hmm. Because the, on my right foot, the, the bones were breaking the, on its own, on their mm. own. Wow. You know? 
uh, that's the level of sickness I, I was but I managed to run to leave the 16 people and uh, after wow. 20 20 30 minutes of running through the bushes and until I reached the homes the, the houses these guys they never gave up mm. uh, until I reached the, one of the, uh, the, the, the the house and then I was just pointing to say the, the people want to kill me and by then I was my my face, my 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 bronch out, everything was broken and the, the, the people just started pouring water on me and uh, the, the, the war wishers took me to the hospital and got a police report and then uh, that's how I got rescued and after giving me five antibiotic injections and then that's how God saved my life. Mm. So you can see that God is involved. It doesn't matter what you are going through right now, mm-hmm. uh, or, or yeah, yeah, because the things that we see with our physical eyes in the spiritual, it's different. It's different. I can assure you that God knows every little need. Even when you speak in, in, in private, God will hear you. Even when you are in the cloud where there is a lot of noise and music is playing, but when your prayer, God will hear it. When you pray genuinely. Mm-hmm. So, living for other people yes, is what made me, because I have grown up living for other people, and hadn't been for that servant of God, I would die just there and then, because God is the only one who actually made it possible. I hadn't been for that, man, I wouldn't be there. So, servant of God, uh, the, 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 to cut the story short, is that just one week passed after that incident, I was in the sky flying, heading to Australia, mm. hired to go and play live music. Mm. Are you so a music? I saw that it was the music? devil. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> I'm a salsa and kizomba singer-songwriter from Lusaka, Zambi. Wow, nice. I play music myself. I play wow. guitar. I play music myself. Oh, that is right. That is right. Lovely. I play guitar, yeah. So, I'm humbled so, to know you, so, sir. So go ahead, tell me you were going to Australia, you said? Yes, yes, I I actually flew to Australia for the second time. And then still I had obstacles. You could see that, you know, when you are a child of God, the devil is jealous uh, always. So we just need to open our eyes of understanding that we may see beyond sin. According to, to the book of First uh, John 3, 8, it says, uh, the Son of God was made manifest as to destroy the works of the devil, to disarm all the... You know, I like uh, God's word because God is a very good English speaker. He even beats the, the English scholars. <laughs> yes, he does. That's for sure. Yeah, because when he says the word, it he, he means the way the exact way it is. He says the Son of God appeared to destroy mm-hmm. not two or three, but all the works of the devil. Amen, amen, amen. And that's that's the uh, isn't that that, that's the uh, you know in in the beginning of this talk I talked about you know there's a scripture that says. That, let's see. It says, "When the son of son of man, you know, Jesus is talking in the uh, in Matthew in the thirty the uh, the twenty fifth chapter of Matthew. Jesus is teaching, right? And and he starts out with this story, this talk about separating the sheep from the goats, and and um, 
you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the separating of, of sheep and goats, but but they need to be separated. Um, and and that is true. I, I I I am familiar with that. Yeah. You so so why do they separate? Why in in the regular farming, you know, herding herding vocation, why do they separate the sheep from the goats? Uh, because the sheep are sheep right. and the goats are goats. Exactly. This is to tell us to tell us exactly. this is to tell us that um, uh, the darkness mm. and light cannot mingle together. Right. Yes, they can they can be found together, but there should be a distinction or a level of illumination uh, to separate them to or to give a demarcation to say this is light. Mm-hmm. These are the children of light. So, so when you said when you said that when you said that God, um, you know, comes to destroy all darkness, this same very same story reminds them of through this separating, right? That God is the one who said that is. He, in the, in the that Genesis, is right. In the Genesis story, what did he do? He he um he separated the the light from the dark. He separated the day from the night. He separated the the morning from the evening. He separated you know all things to bring order into chaos. So so yes, and that the the goal of all of this separation is that righteousness would prevail over evil. So you hit it on the head. That is right. That is right. So, and 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 you know, um, uh, uh, Levrand, there's this verse which actually touched my heart, and all the time I was wondering and never even discovered this. Let me look up. Uh, let me look at it. It should be Second Corinthians uh, ten, if it, if 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 it's it's if it's correct. Second uh, Corinthians ten verse four. So, no, it should be First uh, Corinthians. I'm just hang on. I don't know if I, I'm st- I still have time. You have time. Um, so, what does it say? If you paraphrase it, what does it say? The things happen to them. Oh, what, what, where is this? And yeah, is it that I've forgotten the the, the actual? Verse, but it says the it talks about the, the um oh no it talks about the the, the time of the children of Israel mm-hmm. when they were moving uh, from Egypt heading to uh, to the desert. Yes. Now, what yes. was what, what what they didn't know was that uh, that um the the rock. That was following them wherever they are. The rock was crushed, <laughs> so you could see that Jesus was always even in the beginning of time, oh, and many did not see him. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so from the, from what you're saying, we know about the the point that you're making is the the pre-existence of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Before time, as we know. That is right. When the, when the Bible says, um, um, you know, that God uh, in the beginning, when all things were made, He made all things through the Word of God, which is Christ. You know, and that is right. And and so, um, it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together who who created all things. That is right. And then Jesus. And just the other Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go ahead. 
Yes. Just the other day, Levrand, I was just teaching about uh, eschatology, yes. the study of end times, and many yes. people they have bypassed this topic, and they are many preachers are busy teaching about get wealth, get rich, get what, but forgetting eschatology, the study of right. end times, and looking mm-hmm. at the things that are happening right now. So, uh, Jesus was telling the disciples to say, when you begin to see these things begin to happen, the plague the diseases the what know that i'm on the i'm on the door right, right. so mm-hmm. as we exactly. are living this new gen we need to understand that the world is no is no longer uh, the way it was of god and and you know um again if you if you get cut off and if you want to come back in feel free because i do have something to say about that um you know this yeah. this whole topic of when i was hungry you gave me something to eat and i was thirsty and you right. gave me something to drink the, what precedes that what leads up to that is the whole discourse in the 24th chapter of matthew that is full of eschatological discourse, right? That is right, that is right. So he he escalates the importance of serving humanity, serving God through humanity by attaching this discussion, by, by attaching the discussion to an end times narrative. Um, so that's how, that's how important it is. Um, so that is right. That is right. So, um, and you know, when he talks about the separating the, the sheep from the goats, all of that is a continuation of this es- eschatology narrative. And then Jesus says, but guess what? While you're here in the right now and here and now, when you saw him when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. So he, this whole topic is important enough to be, to follow this end time judgment. But here's the thing: we shouldn't be confused. Yeah, we shouldn't be confused and think that it's because of what we do that we earn our way into heaven. Right? Yeah, right. No, it's the gift of God. It says he says, "Come." It, 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 it is literally the gift of God. Yes. Yeah, he says, "Come." Those of you who are on my right, come who are blessed by my Father. He didn't say, "Come you who have who have done so so many good things that now you're earning your way into heaven." That's not what he said. He says, "Come you who are blessed by my Father," because God is the source of our blessings. That is true. That is true. You know, we we got to be careful not to get it so, mixed up. Yeah, that's true. And also. Uh, he, 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 he mentioned much uh, about um, Jesus mentioned much about opening our eyes of understanding the spiritual eyes of because when these things begin to happen I was just uh, reading from the um, and, 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 and put a comparison uh, to what is happening now uh, from the, the difference is taken from the from liberation 6 6 verse uh, Verse 8. So, um, Revelation 6 8, uh, when the Bible says, John the Baptist, when he looked, and therefore uh, before him um, was a pale horse, its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth. A fourth of the of the earth. This is like one third of the world population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
uh-huh. uh, to kill by sword, famine and plagues mm-hmm. and by the wild beast of the earth. Then on the chapter of 9 it says when he opened the fifth, the fifth seal I saw under the altar and the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and their and the testimonies they had maintained you you you, you underline there where it says maintained because these Amen. they served God and they were slain for for preaching the gospel and because of the testimonies and their and, and, and what they did and they maintained that uh, uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. and now on the tent it says they called out in a loud voice how long sovereign lord holy one and true until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood mm. Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Tell the story. And, and, until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been. Amen. He said I watched as been... he opened the Come again. I said, how long have you been preaching? You sound good. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm not even uh I'm not even I haven't been preaching like preaching, preaching seven of God. I, I just love the word of God because Amen. My father, I thank God for my father because he started giving me uh, articles and also references of the word and when i was young but mm. i never understood the meaning why he was giving me so many books when i'm young so right. he encouraged me to read a lot and he said there, there there's nothing that surpasses the word of god because they it's like every servant of god when you you open the book the, the, the bible itself it's like you open god's mouth and when you read god begin to speak Amen. 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 It's like by force. You, have you ever seen like your mouth is is closed and now someone is trying to hold two hands the the, the, the upper and the lower chin you 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 you, you, you open by force and to let them speak. Amen. That is what we 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 do when we we open the Bible. It's the mouth of God and when we read the word of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. So you know, in, we in are story, God so, you know, to speak. You mentioned you mentioned a spiritual mentioned, blindness, and and that is right. And that makes me. It leads me back to the same text where they said to him after he said, you know, when I was hungry you fed me, and when I was thirsty you gave me something to drink. They said, when do we see? You? They said, when do we see? You? <laughs> Correct. They were spiritually yeah. blind. They were spiritually blind. That is right. And he and he concludes by saying, oh. "I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me." Yes. So, so I'm excited that you are excited about the Word of God. You are excited, and 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 and, and, and excited, that you son. understand that you understand that our serving God must include our service to humanity. That is right. That is right. Uh, Levrand, I'll give this last reference from the book of uh, John 6.6. 6. So, uh, many 
I think that's where the 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 the, 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 the this number came from. Uh, the book of John chapter six six six. Many have been confused confused about uh, the the number six 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 and 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 all that. Yeah. But it, but but the, the 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 verse here is very clear. It says, uh, once you stop walking with God. You are mm. as good as dead. You are an, mm. an antichrist. Mm. Mm. You are when you stop walking with God to say, Lord, and and Levrand, we are doing this to Jesus or to God many times. Mm-hmm. Every time you want to sin, you say, God, uh, I will find you here. Okay, uh, let me go and sin a bit. Let me go and uh, break the bank. I will find you. And, and God be is back. always waiting because he's a rock of all ages. He's waiting there to say, oh, my son, oh, you will come as a prodigal. Don't worry. I'm always here to welcome you. <laughs> the, the, faith, the, faithfulness so, faith, the faithfulness of God. That is right. The forbearance, so, of God. The, the, the forbearance of God. Yes. So verse 66 says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And 67 say, continue saying, you do not want to live too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Right. You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know what you are, the Holy One of God. So you could see that the, the disciples were not just 12. We are maybe above, uh, maybe 72 or somewhere, but many oh. of them <laughs> stopped walking with him. They saw no, I mean, to them, it was not making sense, but only those it made sense Amen. collected. Amen. Eternal life. Amen. So I am blessed to know that uh, we had this discussion, and God is the uh, the center of our pivot. And you are a blessing, sir. And I'm happy to know you, sir. Well, I look forward. I hope that our our paths cross again. You know, I try to come on here at least once a week on Saturdays. That's right. Friday night or Saturday. I, I'm in New York. I try to come on once a week okay. around this time. And I, I uh, that's right. I just followed you on on this wisdom app. That's right. And um, I'll follow back, know, sir. And, um, I might even post this um this conversation that we have on. I have a a little podcast on. On Apple. Podcast on Apple. I, That's I might right. Post it. I might post I this might on Apple. So if you look it up, if you look at uh, Reverend J. Stewart Lover, you might even hear this. I want you to be encouraged along be your encouraged. missionary journey. I know you're a music artist, and and I I pray that as you meet people, as you meet people in different places and you travel, that you share the word of the Lord. And if you come across somebody who needs something, share what you have. That's right. That, that is right. That's what I believe in, sir. Because like I said, I do not believe in it is well and without a substance. If if I do whatever, my wife now has learned uh, that, why are you like this? You even give uh, give out what we, the last of our things said, it is not in, our, in my, it is God's. Amen. All right, well, I thank you for coming and we're going to sign off now. My prayer for everybody who's listening is that that God be with you. 
I pray that something that was said, um, first of all, I pray that it was all pleasing in God's eyes. And I pray that it finds a place of residence in your mind and your heart. Maybe that you learned something or something that jumped out to you and encouraged you to to um, think about how you can use your privilege and your resources to serve humanity as a way of serving God. So God bless you, and I hope to connect again um, next week, perhaps next Saturday um, at some time, God willing. And thank you for being uh, in the listening audience, and God bless you.